Good morning. My name is Katie. For those of you who don't know me, um, you probably see me with a little one on me because that's the season of life that we're in. I'm often in the mom's room. So shout out to the moms in the mom's room feeding, the parents' room. You guys rock. Um, and yeah, we, we made it to church this Sunday. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Is, is that a thing in Canada? I'm American, if you don't know. Nate, is that a thing? You're like the most Canadian I know. Is it a thing in Canada? Yes. Yeah, yes. yes. That's a very tentative yes. Anyway, so like I said, I'm American. I went to university in the States, uh, in Seattle, and um, I, when I was going to nursing school, and I was in a church there that the lead pastor was a very big Seahawks fan, like most people from Seattle are. Um, he also had quite a few Seahawks players in his congregation, so that might have been why he was a fan, but we'll leave it there. Um, but he, every Sunday, or almost every Sunday, he would get up and kind of say hi, and then he would start to pray, just, and at the end of his prayer, he would almost always pray for the Seahawks. <laughs> first I was like oh that's kind of funny and then after a while you're like yeah okay the Seahawks but he would often his prayer was this he was like and Seahawks Lord do what you can with what you got (laughs) and that uh, it wasn't a really good stretch for the Seahawks so they did need lots of prayer this was before they went to yeah before they were doing well but that uh, that prayer was kind of like yeah okay but I have to say that I've remembered that short prayer in my life And this morning, it certainly applies. Lord, do what you can with what you got. Because this is, yeah, this is who I am. This is what you got. And you can do all things. This week, um, most weeks seem to fly by. And it's like, oh, Sunday's here. But this week was not one of those weeks. Um, I have two little girls. And they, Audrey was so sick. I felt like I was in that movie, Contagion. I was just like, just stay, just stay healthy. I'm like, I need a hazmat suit. As a three-year-old's like coughing in my face. And I'm like, anyway, we made it. It's been a crazy week, but we made it. Some weeks feel like that. So guys, we're here. We made it. And I am so thankful to be here this morning. Um, just for this opportunity, I'm thankful to Mike and Deborah and this team for giving me space. We never take it lightly. Am I talking really fast? Okay. <laughs> but anyway... I'm really grateful to be here. Um, And in this season of life that I'm in as a mom of little people, um, I wanted to open with something that's very relevant in my season, and that's a little excerpt from my daughter's storybook Bible, so the Jesus Storybook Bible. And this is a paraphrase out of Matthew 6, and I'm just going to read it to you. Um, One day, Jesus taught people how to pray. He said, when you pray... Don't pray like those extra super holy people. He's talking about the Pharisees, right? They think if they say lots of words that God will hear them. But it's not because you're so clever or good or so important that God will listen to you. God listens to you because he loves you. Did you know that God is always listening to you? Did you know that God can hear the quietest whisper deep inside your heart, even before you've started to say it? Because God knows exactly what you need before you ask him. So you don't have to use long words. You don't have to use special words. You don't have to use a special voice. You just have to talk. So when you pray, pray in your normal voice. Just like you're talking to someone that you love very much. That's from the Jesus Storybook Bible. 
recommended to me by a friend, and I love it. Um, but you can guess what we're talking about. I mean, they kind of gave it away, but we're talking about prayer this morning. Um, and we'll just dive right in, right? It's such an integral part of our walk with faith. Um, what is prayer? Prayer is communication with God, to put it very simply. It's when we intentionally communicate with him and take time to listen to him. We could get stuck on the definition and like all the little pieces of why this applies and is this is prayer, but there's a lot I want to get to. So we're going to use that as a working definition, just that it's communicating with God, listening to him. Um, and I believe that God created us in the makeup of our beings, body, soul, spirit, with this desire, this thirst, this yearning to communicate with him, right? To connect with him. We were created for a relationship. And it's surprising because if you think about it, there's prayer is this, in a very PC world that we live in, prayer is actually quite non-confrontational. People are very comfortable with the idea of prayer. You say the name Jesus and they kind of like, but you know, when, when things happen, people of other faiths are familiar with the idea of prayer. People with no faith at all actually are pretty comfortable with the idea of prayer. Um, even on Facebook, you know, there's been some tragedies that have happened this week. And people often send, you know, thoughts and prayers, prayers and light, whatever that means. Um, but, you know, they're, they're comfortable with it. And I think that kind of reveals that, like, there's something in us as we're created for this relationship that we're hardwired with this desire to communicate with God. And yet we know that, right? And we see it. But how many of you feel like in your day-to-day -day life, you would pray or communicate with God enough? Like you're praying enough. How many of you feel like you're praying enough in your day-to-day I see no hands. Okay, so we're in good company. So I think when it comes to prayer, it's great because the pressure's off. We're all on a journey. I don't think you arrive in communicating with God, right? I don't think you arrive in your prayer life. There's always room to grow deeper. There's always room for that to grow stronger. And it's like that with every relationship, um, if you think about it, right? You're never going to know your spouse completely. There's always more to know. And with God, there's definitely more to know and more to grow. Um, and I, I use the word communication with God because I just want to clarify that prayer isn't always spoken out loud, right? I mean, we can pray in our minds and our hearts, and it could be silent to the outside world, but there's so much going on inside. Um, we can write our prayers down. We can journal them. I have friends who do that. Um, they, we can sing them. We can shout them. We can whisper them. Um, we can say them aloud in a group. We can say them on our own. The Romans actually talks about um, the spirit groaning for us when we don't have the words. So prayer can look a lot of different ways. Um, and prayer is just this umbrella kind of term that encompasses so much of our heart communication with God. Um, so you can appreciate it's a very vast topic. And so today's certainly not exhaustive. It's just... I'm hoping we can stir something in us of this desire to pray more, almost whet our appetites and get us to think about it because we get so familiar with the idea. Um, but I think there's just so much more that God has for us. And you're like, if you're thinking, Katie, you should say this, I probably want to, but I don't have time. So yeah, I'm going to, I probably will find myself reeling myself back in. But yeah, prayer, intentionally talking to God, taking time to listen. So why do we pray? There's lots of answers. <laughs> but um, 
you know, one of the things, it's actually one of our values here at Oceanside. Um, it's on our website. I don't know if we can get that slide up, Bill. But this is on our website. So prayer. We acknowledge the total need for God and his spirit in every area of our lives. Therefore, prayer and spiritual warfare precedes all that we do. Did you know that was on our website? We have all of our values, the ones that we've been going through for like six months. <laughs> Those, yeah. They're all on our website. And that's, that's something we value it. We acknowledge that we need him. We can't do this by ourselves, right? We need God in every area of our lives. And that's why when we come in the morning, we actually have pre-service prayer. We pray before we really start anything. Um, That's why we pray during worship. We pray at the end of the service. We pray in our connect groups. We pray at worship practice. We pray at mom's group. We pray at Acts on the Street because it's our lifeline, right? It's We need him. We weren't created to do this life by ourselves. We weren't created to do life without this relationship, with this communication, with this open communication. Um, Yeah, another why is if you want great relationship, we said, right, we're created for this relationship. If you want great relationship, you need great communication. How many of you guys are married? communication right or even in in a in a relationship any relationship it usually comes down to communication maybe not always but often right it's like marriage counseling 101 premarital counseling when we do it with people you're like talking about communication um we know that intentional communication goes a really long way another big why we pray is that jesus prayed a lot The Gospels are actually full of accounts of Jesus praying, and we are called to be like him. Um, You know, he was fully God, and he was fully man, and yet he still needed to communicate with the Father all the time. He prays in private. He prays in public. He prays on boats. He prays in the mountains. He prays in gardens. He prays on the street. He even prays on the cross. He sets a pattern. He partners with the Father often in prayer. And this pattern is one for us to follow because prayer is how we partner with God in our daily lives. It's how we invite him in to every area of our life because we're not created to do this by ourselves. And we need that lifeline. And prayer is how we partner with him. So if you turn with me to Matthew 6... um, We're actually going to look at the Lord's Prayer, and that's Jesus teaching us to pray. So if he prays as much as he does, we should probably pay attention when he's teaching us. And Matthew 6, verses 5 to 8, that's kind of what I read to you this morning in Audrey's Bible, the storybook Bible. It's just saying, you know, like the Pharisees, we we don't have to be like them. We don't pray for show. We don't, it says the word, um, we don't mount up empty phrases or Babylon like pagans. More words doesn't mean better prayers. Right? You guys with me? Um, Verse 8 in Matthew 6, verse 8, he says, don't be like them. For the Father knows what you need before you ask him. So it's really not just about the words. Um, And maybe if you're new to your faith uh, or your walk with Jesus, you think it's about how spiritual your prayers sound. Or I've heard people say, I'm just not very good at this. I'm not good at praying out loud. Well, it's not about appearance. It's not about a religious duty. It's not about how we sound. It's about the heart. And... 
The word says that out of the overflow of our heart, the mouth speaks. And our prayers are without a doubt a reflection of what's in our heart, right? Um, if you listen to somebody praying, you get an idea of what they believe about God. And so as we get into the Lord's Prayer, I just want to focus, like, highlight that it's not about these exact words. When Jesus teaches us to pray, we don't have to pray these words every day, every time. We don't even have to cover all the things that he covers. He's just, he's using words and he's teaching with words, but he's really addressing our hearts, like he usually does, right? (laughs) And there's so much variability, even in scripture, about the different prayers that are recorded. We know that Jesus doesn't mean for, we need to pray this prayer every day. But maybe, because we're very you know, non-denominational and free and charismatic, maybe we need to pray it a little more than we do, or at least pray some of the things in it, right? We don't want to lose what's good. So we talked kind of what, what is prayer, why pray. There's lots of reasons. Those are a few. So Jesus kind of teaches us the how. So how we partner with him, how we pray. So Matthew 6, I hope you're there by now, verse 9. Um, I'm going to full out pull out five P's, five things. I've never done this before, so we'll see. I made a lot of fun of myself for this. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just following Tyron's footsteps, right? But he loves to do the P's, so anyway. Um, yeah. So verse 9. Pray like this then. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Or your name. Hallowed be your name. So our Father, boom, speaks of relationship, right? I kind of covered that, but it's, our Father speaks of family, it speaks of intimacy, it speaks of access. That was the word to me that really stood out in looking at this. Jesus says that no one can come to the Father except through me. So if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord, then you get to call God your Father, If you haven't accepted him as your Lord and Savior and this piece of communicating with him and this yearning is kind of ringing a bell, you can accept him today as your Lord and your Savior. And we can pray with you. You can find Nate. You can find us if that's something that's burning inside of you. But if you have, then you can say God is my father and you have access as his children. Um, In Romans 8, 15... It says that you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So right from the get-go, Jesus gets to the heart. So how are we approaching God? What are we praying as? Right? We pray and we talk to God. We come as his children. We don't come as slaves. We don't come as beggars. We're not second cousins once removed. We don't come as robots. We come as children of a good father. Are you with me? I have loved watching my wonderful husband become a father. Um, And the girls at this age, like this week was crazy, but it has its challenges, but it's wonderful. And um, it's wonderful to watch him and their relationship grow and Right now, when he gets home at the end of the day from work, we have stairs, 
and then there's a baby gate at the top of the stairs for obvious reasons. And Audrey knew how to open it at one point, but she kind of forgot, which is awesome <laughs> for me. But so we have this baby gate, and as soon as they can hear, like as soon as Audrey can hear Paul get home, you can hear the door close. She like, and it's kind of dusk, you know, she knows. And she's like, she starts this, this recently, she started this and she's like, mom, 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 the gate, open it. I need you. And she's like standing. She's like, I need you to open the gate. I need like right now. I need you. I need you to open the gate. I need to go get dad. Like I need to go say hi. And Nicola, our seven month old, she's crawling now. So she's like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? So she's like by the door. And it's just, when I was thinking about this, it just picture came into my mind of like, they want access. They want to get to dad. They want access to their dad. And what's so amazing is that we have been given full access. And I almost was like that picture of the stairs and the gate. It's almost like the Old Testament. They had to do so much to get into God's presence, to get access to him. There was like spiritual rituals and sacrifices and the high priest and the robes. And it's like that gate for us has been opened We have access. We don't have to climb the stairs every time. We can say, our Father, our, our Father. We have been given full access to this loving, wise Father. We can pour out our hearts before God. Uh, Like David did in the Psalms, we can be raw and we can be real and we can be angry and sad because he's a good, loving Father, right? But it doesn't stop there. I mean, you could do a whole preach. So just our father. Um, but it says our father in heaven. So follow me here because God the father probably doesn't need us to remind him where he is. Right? Like, so I'm thinking that Jesus probably put that in there for us to be reminded of where he is. Of who we're praying to. God the Father in heaven. He sits outside the constraints of time and space. He is seated on a throne in heaven. He is victorious. Um, He is not worried. He's not confused. He's not in a panic. He is alpha. He is omega. This is the creator of the universe. This is God. This This is God, our Father in heaven. So there's there yes he's our father but he's heavenly right he's perfect there's a holiness to this father and the next line shouts to that so our father in heaven hallowed be your name and hallowed we're kind of like what does that mean you know hallowed just means to make holy but here it's to hallow means to honor as holy hallowed be your name He is holy, and we honor him. That's our approach and our response. Our Father in heaven, you are holy. Whoa. Right? Even your name is holy. Even your name. In Revelation, and we sang about it today, but it talks about how the angels and living creatures in the throne room They are going around the throne and they're just singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy are you, Lord. It says the living creatures say that day and night. And they've been in God's presence for like eternity and they still say it day and night. Holy, holy, holy. And this is the the 24 elders. they, They throw down their crowns and they say, worthy are you, Lord. And they've gotten, they've had time to get used to 
God's presence, and yet that's still their response. So how much more for us? He doesn't need us to tell him that he's holy because he's insecure. Um, But it does something in us to declare and proclaim, you are holy, Lord. You are exalted, right? That's why worship as we come together is so key because it does something in us as we lift him up. And that is the first P, (laughs) is this piece of position. When we come to Jesus, it's our Father, access, intimacy, in heaven, sovereign, mighty, holy, holy be your name. And this is first because this has to be established before we go on, right? Before we can partner with God in these areas of our life, before we can pray prayers of faith, we have to understand who he is and our position. So our access and our intimacy, which is such a privilege, an incredible privilege, it doesn't diminish his holiness. And the more we know him and the more he reveals of himself, I think we actually just realize how awesome he is, right? The more we honor and the more we worship, I think we can get in the habit of treating prayer and our relationship with God like a vending machine or a checklist, you know, uh, I need this and this and that, and please bless the food and bless the hands that prepared it. And if you have a little kid, you're going to be praying for a good night's sleep. And we pray for traveling mercies. Just saying, I'd love to see the Bible reference for that because I don't know what traveling mercies are. I know the heart, but we, we come up with these weird, like, prayer lingo things. Um, but yeah, oh, that's a rabbit trail, so we'll stop. But. The hedge of protection, Paul actually said that. He's like, you've got to say hedge of protection. (laughs) Yes. There's these things we get so familiar, right? It's not bad. It's not wrong to pray those things. But I think sometimes with this all-access pass that we've been given to Jesus, we, to the Father, right, we kind of lose sight of this big, mighty God that he is. And we pray these things like they're just rattling off the tongue, you know. Bless the food. Bless the hands that prepared it. Absolutely. I'm usually making dinner. Bless the hands that prepared it. I'm good, right? Like, I'm all for that. But we just, I think we can lose some of it in just the routine, right? Um, We have access, but we need to fully recognize who it is that we have access to. Um, So let's keep going. So the first one is just this position where we come from. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As we speak this out, um, it's almost like we're affirming it in our hearts, right? I'm a part of your kingdom, Father. I'm not building my kingdom, and I am not on the throne. I want to be sometimes, but I am not on the throne. You are my king. I'm building your kingdom. You're the king in my heart. You're the king of my life. And I know I can trust you as a good father enough to say your will be done because you have my best at heart, right? Um, You know, it's amazing that Jesus teaches us to pray that. And then he actually prays that himself before he goes to the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, right, he says, not your will, Lord. Or sorry, that's not what he says. He says, your will, Lord. Yeah, not my will, but yours be done. 
that's what he says. Uh, not my will, but your will be done. Even when it hurts, even when it's really inconvenient, even when I'd prefer to do it some other way. I think we can only say that when we understand the piece of position, right? We can only say that of like, I yeah, even if it hurts, your will be done. So there's that piece with your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The other piece in this that I kind of got stuck on this time, you thought I was stuck on position. I wasn't. <laughs> um, is it, He says his kingdom, his will, right? Those things, he could do that all himself, but he doesn't force it. He actually chooses to use us to further his kingdom and his will here on earth. So he doesn't need us at all, but he chooses to partner with us. And that's the second thing in this is partnership. So prayer is how we partner with God in our everyday life. And this is just, I mean, I might, I'm going to try not to get stuck on it too much, but we, we co-labor with him to bring his purposes about here into existence in the life that we lead. Jesus is teaching us to pray this because we have a part to play. As we affirm that and as we live that, it can happen here on earth. His will is being done in heaven, right? But here on earth, there's a big gap, right? We know there's a big, this kingdom needs to expand here in Nanaimo, here on the earth, right? His kingdom needs to come. And Jesus is teaching us to pray that because we get to play a part. We're a part of carrying it out. We're the hands and the feet. We bring light because he is the light of the world. We are pushing back darkness. This kingdom is forcefully advancing, if you haven't noticed. And we're a part of it. Even the act of prayer itself. Verse 8, it says that the Father knows what we need before we ask him. But he's still teaching us to ask him. So there's this partnership. In every area of our life, he wants us to communicate with him. He wants us to partner with him. It's this divine partnership. And Mike often talks about this, this divine partnership. It's not a 50-50 partnership, right? It's not like we come with our stuff and God comes with his stuff and it's great. No, (laughs) we bring what we are and we know what we are. We're human. We're not perfect. Um, We bring our frailness, but he brings himself. And in my weakness, his power is made perfect. And as he chooses to partner with me in my life, I get to let him show off, right? Look at the mess of my life and then look what he can do. I think for me, you can easily overlook this piece that he chooses to partner with me in every area of my life, but specifically we're talking about prayer. So he wants to partner with me in my prayer life. I can downplay how much my prayers actually matter. I think for me, the challenge isn't having faith that God's able to do what I'm praying. That for me isn't usually the disconnect because I, he is able, like without a doubt, you read this word, he's able. I think the disconnect sometimes for me is that I can almost lack that my praying will change much. Is anybody there? Jack Hayford 
says this. He says, prayer is essentially a partnership of the redeemed child of God, working hand in hand with God toward the realization of his redemptive purposes on earth. He wants to work hand in hand with us. He wants to do it that way. So if he wants to do it that way, then my prayers matter. And the Bible is filled, filled with stories where God does not move and does not act until men and women prayed. How many of you know that, right? I mean, so many of the stories that we learned in Sunday school, and it's cool with the 2020 challenge because we're going through them. But Elijah, Hannah, Daniel, David, Paul, so many stories that we could go into of regular good old people, flesh. And they partnered with a living God. They believed that their prayers mattered and that God was listening. And you have these incredible stories of the Bible because they're partnering with a living God. In 1 John 5, verse 14, he says this. I'll wait for it to be Right. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And I read that and I'm like, oh, that's a bold statement, right? Well, confidence comes when we understand our position. And when we understand his desire to partner with us. We have a firm foundation in that to pray with faith and with confidence because he hears us. He doesn't call us to communicate with him. He doesn't create us with this desire to communicate with him just for lip service. I don't know how else to say this because I'm hoping it's getting through. But our prayers matter. Our prayers are powerful because of the access we've been given and because of his desire to partner with us. So position and partnership. And then we can kind of go into talking about our needs, right? If we settle those first two, if we don't settle those first two, we get lost in our list of needs, I think. But if we settle these two, then it's like, yeah, my needs, look, you're a good father. You're the heavenly father. You want to partner with me? My needs, you got this. So the third point is provision. Um, Verse 11 says, Give us today our daily bread. He is the provider of all of our needs. And I think he's weaving this theme of dependence. So Jesus is teaching us to ask for bread, which is a very practical, physical need, right? And thank goodness, because I love bread. Who's with me? Come on. I, 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 I think about going keto and I'm like, I just can't. <laughs> I love bread too much. I know there's keto bread, but that sounds like work. Um, <laughs> maybe not this season. But yeah, anyway, another tangent about bread. Um, I love that Jesus, he it kind of reveals his intent here because he says daily bread. He doesn't say weekly bread. So he does his daily bread. So his heart 
is that we communicate with him daily as we go, bringing him to bringing him in, inviting him in, partnering with him in our daily life, our daily needs. Um, Because he wants to walk with us and provide for us daily. He wants us to be dependent in this partnership. Yeah, so I think we can be fooled into looking for our provision in a lot of the wrong places. Um, It's not your job. It's not really your ability to work. It's not your spouse, your investment, your retirement savings. You know, those aren't where we should be looking for provision. Those are obviously ways, but Jesus is saying that as you pray, remember that. He is the provider. He is the provider for all of our needs. There's a lot to say on that, but I think it's, yeah, he wants to provide. If you're going through a time of financial need, that is a very real and kind of screaming, like it blares in your ears when you're going through those seasons. I just think it's amazing because God wants to provide. He's a good father. He's a good father, and he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Like, he's got resources. He wants to provide. So as we pray and we partner in an area where we need provision, we can have confidence as we pray that, right? If we understand those first two pieces. Verse 12 says, Forgive us our debts. As we also have forgiven our debtors. And the language here with debt it can mean offense or sin. So it's pretty much just forgive us for our sin. So the fourth P, if you're still with me, so position, partnership, provision, pardon. This is the one that I stretched a little bit. <laughs> but forgiveness, right? Pardon. It's a P word. Um, he is our source of forgiveness. Freely we have received, now freely we give. Our sin was paid for on the cross. Thank you, Lord. Past, present, future. It's the finished work of the cross. It's done. It's paid for. But Jesus is saying, hey guys, keep asking for forgiveness when you sin, when you screw up. And let that forgiveness flow through you as others slip up along the way. Right? I think it's crazy because, you know, when it says that God knows our needs before we ask, Jesus walked the earth for 33 years with a bunch of humans. He knew that we were going to need to ask for forgiveness a lot and that we were going to need to extend forgiveness to other people. And I think we sometimes can become a little bit self-righteous, or maybe I can. I can become self-righteous and not want to forgive because it's like, well, that's just not right, and I feel very justified. But that is so not, that's not freely, freely we've been given, right? Freely we've received, freely we've got to let forgiveness flow through us. He is that source of forgiveness. And I think it's cool that it's like in this prayer, Jesus, these are big, big areas of our life, right? Provision, pardon, so like interpersonal relationship, forgiveness. And we're going to move on to the fifth one here, protection. It's these big areas, but really in any area, God has made a way for us to partner with him in every area of our life. So the fifth P, we made it. You guys still awake, mostly? Um, Verse 13 says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
So he teaches us to pray for protection from temptation, from evil, from the enemy. There's a lot to say on this verse, and I read a lot of the commentaries and stuff, and I'm not even sure I can really do this verse justice with the time, but a couple things to highlight is just that there's an enemy, um, but that that's not our focus as we pray. We should never be directing more of our prayers at the enemy. Our, our focus is always on our Heavenly Father, where we started. He is our protection. He is our deliverer. Um, some other things to note. So James 1, it says that God doesn't tempt us. So for us to be praying, you know, lead us not into temptation. But we know that God doesn't tempt us. So then you're like, well, why would he kind of say that? Or maybe that's what I was asking. You know, it could be like, I'm affirming, Lord, lead me so that I don't go into temptation if you're leading me. But another thing that a lot of the commentaries kind of agree on is that this word uh, temptation can also mean trial, affliction, or test. And we do know, so we know that the enemy does tempt us, and our sinful nature does tempt us, and often, right? Um, But we do know that God, he doesn't tempt us, but there is times that he brings us through trials, through afflictions, through suffering, through tests, right? We see that. Old Testament, New Testament, not always the easiest to swallow, but he does bring us through those things so that on the other side, we can be proven faithful, is what the word says. Um, I don't know how many of you guys have gone through trials in your life. They're not fun, but man, does God use them. So there's that piece, lead us not into temptation. So I think the other thing is that Jesus would have had fresh in his heart that he had just gone through his own time of temptation in the desert and just how hard that was. And so as he's teaching them to pray, his heart for us, he's saying, you know, I think Jesus is saying, it's okay to pray, Lord, don't lead me into suffering. Lord, don't lead me into tests. I think it's okay to say that. But what does Jesus also pray? He says, Lord, your will be done, not mine. So it's this piece of, I think we can pray, God, like, please don't lead me into trials. I think that's a real prayer. Um, But also knowing that he's sovereign. So Lord, your will be done and your kingdom come in my life. Deliver us from the evil one. We live in a fallen world, don't we? And there's evil, and there's an enemy. And I think God knew that we were going to need protection. And that's why Jesus references it. Because we serve a God that is more than able. He is our refuge. He is our shield. Greater is, in, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We don't have to fear. Yeah, we don't have to fear. Especially when we understand this piece that we have access in our position, right? We have access to the Father and that he wants to partner with us. So Jesus gives us this firm foundation about how to partner with the Father in prayer Position, partnership, and he looks at these needs, right? Provision, pardon, forgiveness, protection. And we're almost done here, but after looking at the Lord's Prayer for the last two weeks, I have never been more convinced of the all-sufficiency of the Father. 
in his love and care towards me in all the things that I would encounter in this life. He is so aware. And his father's heart loves when we communicate with him and when we spend time with him. And he wants to partner with us in every area of our life on a daily basis. So prayer is how we partner with God in our daily life. And you have a heart that was made to communicate with him. So you no longer, and you and I, we no longer have an excuse. So start wherever you are this morning. I want to encourage you. There's so much meat in the Lord's Prayer because he is so all-sufficient to accomplish what he said he would do. And he wants to use us and he wants to partner with us. And there's so much to say, but I'll end on this quote of, um, from A.W. Tozer. There was lots of really, really, really great quotes on prayer. But this one I thought was great. It says, the key to prayer is simply praying. So let's be a people of prayer.